Hello out there. Welcome to the Growing Bellies and Babies podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Cahill. Today we're talking to Melissa Long, a physical therapist who specializes in the pelvic floor. We're excited to hear her journey and what led her to the specialty, as well as understand a little bit of of, a PT who specializes in such and has such great offerings. Melissa, welcome to the show. The pelvic floor during the birth process is an interesting topic and quite often an overlooked one. Let's start with some quick introductions and then we'll get into it. So Melissa, tell us a little bit about yourself. So of course, and thank you for having me, Brendan. Um, My name is Melissa Long. I am a physical therapist. I graduated from Stockton University with my doctorate in 2014. Um, I then became interested in pelvic floor rehab and I began specializing in 2016. I took courses through the American Physical Therapy Association in pelvic floor therapy. And then I had to practice for one year before I was able to submit a case study, which was reviewed by the physical therapy CAP certified team. And I earned my CAP pelvic certification through the APTA or the American Physical Therapy Association in 2019. Um, I currently work for a hospital-based outpatient PT program. And I would have to say about 90% of my caseload right now is pelvic floor rehab patients. So it's definitely a popular and much needed therapy out there. Um, And I'm a mother myself. I realized through that whole process just how important it is to have a well-functioning pelvic floor. I have two babies. My son I sadly lost in 2020 when I was 22 weeks pregnant. Um, And then I went on to have my rainbow baby in March of 2021. She'll be almost 11 months. So she definitely keeps me busy. Um, Another thing I enjoy is just going to the beach and exercising. And with that being said, I definitely realized how important it was to rehabilitate my pelvic floor postpartum. So that way I could return to core exercises and strengthening without having any pelvic floor issues that we'll, we'll get into shortly. Well, Melissa, welcome to the show. You have an excellent background. Uh, it's always nice to see someone who's studying the topic, someone who's teaching and, and, and preaching the topic. But not only that, but you actually have done this to yourself. So you actually know what it feels like, too. So you kind of know all aspects of really bringing this uh, to a, a healthy, great space or this topic to a, a healthy, great space. Um, congratulations on your daughter. Fantastic to hear. Uh, and we're so excited to have you here. Um, so let, let's talk a little bit about the topic. And I think it's important for people to kind of understand what what do the pelvic floor muscles actually control and what they impact? Yeah, so I'm just going to show you my pelvis. So your pelvic <laughs> muscles are a hammock of muscles at the base of your pelvis. They start at the pubic bone in the front and they sling around back to the tailbone. Um, So if you think about just a big hammock of muscles uh, with multiple layers, they have some pretty major roles in the body. So for starters, they prevent incontinence. Incontinence is involuntary leakage of either urine or fecal matter. So they prevent fecal incontinence. They prevent urinary incontinence. And there's different types of urinary incontinence. Two of the main ones I see are stress urinary incontinence, which is when you laugh, cough, sneeze, jump, exercise, and you leak a little bit. Um, And then there's urge urine incontinence, which is a little bit more behavioral. So that's when you get the wrong urge to go to the bathroom and you're rushing. You're putting the keys in the door and you just can't get to the bathroom quick enough. So 
Um, I help rehabilitate the muscles that help control bladder function and bowel function as well. Um, a second major role is that they help support your internal organs. So they prevent anything from falling down and falling outward. Um, so you can have, you have different pelvic organs that can actually drop and fall outside of the body. So we help prevent that and we help rehabilitate that if it does happen. Um, the third major role is with sexual function. So these muscles are responsible for um, being able to achieve an orgasm. Uh, they are responsible for comfortable and relaxing enjoying sexual intercourse. So if there's any pelvic pain or difficulty having an orgasm, then we need to rehabilitate these muscles so that way they know how to relax appropriately so that you're able to enjoy sexual intercourse. Um, and then they help you walk, they help you move. So if there's uh, any dysfunction in the deep hip muscles, uh, you can access them via pelvic floor evaluation. Um, and I help treat, you know, low back, link hip pain as well. And then the um, the fifth major role is the blood flow. So if you try to strengthen and work these muscles, you're helping facilitate blood flow throughout your body. So they they definitely have some in your body um, and they're just not talked about enough. So I'm really glad to be here to be able to educate and teach everybody just what these muscles do. Yeah. So it's crazy that you say that they're not talked about enough because they just, it sounds like they impact so much of your life, right? From exercising to reproductive health, to sexual health, to you know, blood flow, you name it, these things are, are so vital uh, as part of just, just a healthy overall life. Um, so thank you for that explanation. A great diagram. Just so listeners know, it, it's just a model of pelvis. Okay, everybody, it was just a model of pelvis uh, that we're looking at. Um, and as we kind of continue discussion and, and really related to birth. So how how is the pelvic floor muscle impacted pre- during and post-birth. So Melissa, can you give us a little insight on those muscles during the birth process? Yeah, of course. So during pregnancy, your pelvic floor muscles, they have to work extra hard so that they can support the weight of a growing baby. So think about it, you're growing a watermelon on top of these muscles. These muscles need to be nice and strong to support everything going on, to keep everything inside and make you feel nice and strong. Um, and then as you, if you have a vaginal delivery, these muscles actually have to relax and get out of the way so that way the baby can be pushed out. Um, this can cause the muscles to become stretched out, weak. They can be cut via biotomy if you've had to have one of those. Um, and then it's also just important to note that with a C-section, you know, the scar itself can get a lot of adhesions underneath the surface. So I treat C-section scars and try to help facilitate mobility um, in the abdominal muscles as well, try to rehab those. Um, so yeah, they, they definitely have, they take a major brunt during pregnancy and then the postpartum period. So totally understandable. And, and I think you do a great job of voicing over the impact of, you know, your, your body's growing this baby and, and all these functions are kind of taking on a lot of stress from it. And, you know, you go from strengthening and relaxing and all these different kind of functionalities that impact the muscle itself. So I understand we, we, we went through a little bit of, of the anatomy. We went through a, a little bit, uh, you know, the birth process, how it happens. Now, maybe I, I've sit, I'm sitting here saying, okay, I have an issue. I need to go see a pelvic floor therapist, right? So what can I expect 
when I come to see you for a therapy session or just an exam or something of that nature? So on the first initial evaluation, there is a lot of talking. So we go through everything from your current bowel bladder habits, you know, how you're pooping, how you're peeing, how often you're pooping and peeing. Are you waking up at night? Um, We talk about everything from your anatomy and physiology. We'll talk about, I'll give you a review of what these muscles do and what could be going on and with what's going on with your body. Uh, And I complete a thorough evaluation of looking at how your back's moving, how your hips are moving, what's your strength like in your lower extremities? Is your abdominal muscle separated? Um, Are you having any pain when I press on any of the areas of your hip or your back on your abdominal wall? And then typically I'll, I'll do an internal evaluation of the pelvic floor muscles. So that is a digital evaluation. I don't use any tools, any stirrups. I just use above lubrication and one finger. Um, I insert into the vagina and we go through the pelvic floor muscles and we see if there's any areas of tension, is there, is it weak? And then we make a plan from there. So it's a very thorough exam. It's, uh, you know, I think for those out there, just be comfortable with, you know, being open about it and understanding you have a professional, uh, sitting across from you, he really knows what they're doing and takes a lot of pride in what they're doing. So have a lot of comfort in that. Uh, and just look at it as, as you're looking to solve a problem. So thank you for kind of walking us through that, um, telling us a little bit of what to expect. So from that perspective, now moving through the exam, what are kind of some common issues or some things you normally see that need correcting? So for starters, some common issues are any type of pelvic pain. So pain with tampon pain with sexual intercourse, pain when you have an OBGYN exam, um, tailbone pain, low back pain, sciatica, deep hip pain, any type of abdominal pain. If you're having any type of pain problems, like I discussed before, so any type of leak, involuntary leakage of urine, whether it's with exercise, laughing, coughing, rushing, um, or if you're waking up multiple times to pee in the middle of the night, if you're having any type of pelvic organ pro- prolapse symptoms, so feeling heaviness or it feels like something is falling out, um, any type of bowel issues, even constipation, IBS, you know, irritable bowel syndrome, uh, when you're having any type of fecal incontinence, uh, if you had a C-section, you're having a painful scar, if you're having any type of dysfunction in your abdominal wall, any separation of those abdominal muscles, um, and then reoccurrent UTIs is another one that I'll commonly see. So quite a, a number of, of different issues or problems you might have uh, really resulting from the pelvic floor. Uh, and then we identify these problems and then it's kind of a treatment algorithm or some treatment options. So for, from there, what are kind of next steps? What, what are some treatment options out there and what's available? So different treatment options would kind of depend on what your current complaints are. So we will talk about you know, how do we fix some of these bladder issues we're having? Do we need to do more of a timed voiding schedule? So that's more for urinary issues. Um, talking about diet and fluid intake modifications. Um, it's important to note that pelvic floor therapy is not just Kegel. So I know a lot of people think, oh, pelvic floor PT, I've been told to do my Kegels. They don't work, something like that. But while it's really important to have a nice, strong pelvic floor, I'd like to add that isn't really just your pelvic floor we're talking about. I also want to mention that 
you need to have your core and your diaphragm and your pelvic floor all working together as one unit. So we need that all to be optimal system in order to be able to sustain pressure, like when I'm exercising, we need everything to work together. Um, so while people say, oh, I've tried Kegels, I have to say at least 60% of the time, you're not doing it correctly. So how do you do a strengthening exercise correctly is something that you'll learn by going to a pelvic floor PT. Um, but it's also important to note that not everybody needs Kegels. Not everybody needs to learn how to strengthen because it's, like I said before, it's just as important that these muscles are strong, that they know how to relax appropriately. So sometimes we do what I call a down training program. They need to learn how to relax. Remember those muscles get out of the way during delivery. So if you have any type of increased muscle tension, just like I talk about, if you have in your sitting at a desk all day. That can happen in your pelvic floor as well. You can get a lot of tension in the muscles and then you'll have complaints of any type of pelvic pain or tailbone pain or any of the issues that I mentioned um, previously. So if, if you're having muscle tension, constipation, um, and even incontinence, you're, you would benefit from more of a relaxation program, which would be some pelvic hip back stretching, some internal manual therapy um, from pelvic floor PT. Deep breathing techniques, um, and there's a lot of other options for more of a down training. And then, if you had more of a weakness issue, like things felt like they were shifting, falling downward, pelvic heaviness, those type of symptoms, any type of incontinence, we would do more of what I call an up program, meaning we'd help strengthen up your core pelvic floor and using your diaphragm appropriately. We'd, we'd work all of that together, help have a, an optimal, well functioning pelvic floor system. So I think you've pointed out a lot of different things here in what I think you just kind of myth busted was one, it's not a one size fit all treatment, which is Kegels, right? Um, two, it, I think it's important for people to know uh, when you're doing the exercises or doing something, make sure you're doing them appropriately, which is something you can help with. And there's a lot more that goes into it than just kind of this one exercise. So Definitely a very tailored approach, definitely a fine-tuned approach, but I think you make a good point even with modeling what right looks like. I, I kind of, as you were talking and thinking about, ah, you go to the gym for, you know, years on end with no results, you work with a trainer for three months and all of a sudden you're in great shape. Well, someone's showing you how to do it appropriately. So I think you made some really great points there. So Melissa, let's transition a little bit. A, a lot of people ask the question uh, we covered on most of the podcasts. It's it comes to you know paying for this and and the cost burden things of that nature. So, um, do I need insurance? Do I need to be insured to see someone like yourself? Do I need a referral through a doctor? Uh, how does that process work? So, New Jersey is a direct access state, meaning that you can come and see a physical therapist without a script from the doctor. Um, if you wanted to pay cash for your services, but if you wanted your insurance to cover it, which is an option as well, um, you would just need a script from your doctor and that for the insurance would cover it. But you could definitely see public floor therapists in the comfort of your own home if you wanted to. And then there's also the option of having like a brick and mortar place that you can go to as well um, that offers services for cash. And it's more of a tailored approach to therapy where you would kind of cut out having, you know, your copay or the deductible that comes with the insurance uh, 
and you get a little bit more time with the artist. And um, there's just, those are both the options that you have, um, whatever kind of suits the patient better, I would say. Yeah, so multiple multiple payment options. Melissa makes a great point. Uh, doesn't always have to be directly through uh, an insurance company. You can actually do this privately in cash pay with someone uh, like Melissa. You can, you can obviously do it with Melissa, um, which is another great option for you. Uh, and then there's no lag, right? So you don't have to cut through some tape to get there. Uh, you can either go direct or go through your insurance or go through a provider. Uh, a lot of options out there. So I get this question probably four times when I told family members and friends, Melissa, uh, why is this treatment not mandatory? It should be mandatory. Um, can you give us some some kind of shed some light on, you know, is this a mandatory treatment or not and, and why? Yeah, so it's not, although interestingly enough, it is actually a standard of care postpartum in Europe and other countries. So you have a baby, you you go through the six weeks process, you go to your OBGYN, and then they refer you to pelvic floor therapy. It's part of the process. Um, for some reason, in the States, we're just not quite on that level yet. I'm hoping in the future, it will be a standard of care. Um, but I always think of it as if you tore a ligament, let's say in your knee during a sporting event, you would go and rehabilitate probably under the care of a physical therapist. Well, you just went through a major sports injury, they compare birth to a major sports injury, whether you had a C-section or a vaginal delivery. Um, and we don't really do anything about it unless there's a problem. So in my opinion, and I would say most pelvic floor PTs would say, you know, this is something that you should seek out postpartum. And even if you're having any of these issues and you haven't had kids, um, this can happen across the lifespan. So if I, if, in my opinion, it should be something that you have pre- kids during pregnancy and then in the postpartum period i think there's a place for pelvic floor pt in all stages of life so i, I think you said it best there um it's, it's not mandatory it's not prescribed however it really should be uh most if not everyone should should be able to to go through and see a pelvic therapist especially uh after childbirth and i think you, you nailed our next question which is when someone should seek you out so definitely pre post during uh, anytime uh, you feel necessary, definitely reach out uh, to a pelvic floor therapist. Uh, and then lastly, we like to close, Melissa, any um, resources, anything that you can kind of uh, either refer people to or, or follow uh, to get some more information on the topic? Yes. Yeah, so I do a handle. It's called at the vagina healer. If you're intrigued to learn a little bit more. And I forgot to mention, I think we were talking about it earlier. Um it's, it's, I feel like we've normalized things in our society that maybe shouldn't be so normal. Like I hear so many people say, you know, oh, I laugh, don't make me laugh. I'm going to pee myself or, oh man, I can't do jumping jacks. I'm just going to pee the whole time. And I just want to make the point that these things, while they might be funny or like common complaints, they're never normal. So if you're ever thinking like, huh, like if you're thinking right now, oh, that's not normal. I want you to know that there's definitely help available. And if you want to learn more, like I said, you can check out at the Vagina Healer on Instagram and find me through the Growing Bellies and Babies podcast um, and consult, consult me. I'm here to help. 
Awesome. Well, Melissa, first off, I, I want to thank you for your time. Uh, I think there's a lot of people out there right now that are probably saying like, okay, I can definitely benefit from Melissa's services. Um, for all those listening, we will have um, Melissa's Instagram handle uh, on our Facebook, Instagram, Twitter page uh, as soon as we, um, you know, releasing and get this po- podcast up and running. So, uh, so she's going to be excited to be, you know, taking in your questions there. Uh, and to her point, you can go on growbelliesandbabies.com and you can schedule time with Melissa as well directly with her um, through our, our, our teletherapy consult. So uh, really excited again, Melissa. Thank you so much for your time. Congratulations on the little one. Uh, thank you for all you're doing. Uh, and to everyone out there, thank you for listening. Uh, again, this is the Growing Bellies and Babies podcast where happy bellies make happy hearts. And we look forward to hearing from you guys soon. Take care.